we're the only company I'm aware of that gives you a hundred thousand dollar money back guarantee or in your first year coaching with us. If you don't make at least an extra hundred thousand dollars or double your income, then we'll give you a hundred percent of your money back. I've not had anybody, not once ever ask me for their money back. Cause the fact of the matter is if you're doing the simple stuff we're telling you to do, and you don't need to work 90 hours a week to make it work. But if you're doing the simple things we're telling you to do on a habitual basis, you're going to make money. The money will follow. It's not rocket science. It's discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Michael Hellickson of Club Wealth. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Raymond. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're coming to us out of Washington, right? Yeah, out of, uh, just about south of Seattle, about 40 minutes, a little place called Bonnie Lake. Our office is actually in Sumner, is where Club Wealth World headquarters is. So uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It. Actually, it's, and it's actually a beautiful day today. Still, as you can imagine, I'm looking out the window and I'm seeing clouds. And so certainly <laughs> certainly we have clouds here, but uh, but it's beautiful. I'm seeing the sun too, so. I love it. So Michael, you have 30 years in real estate. Why real estate? <laughs> Well, when I was when I was young, I I, I had I've always had kind of I had my own businesses. Started um, you know as as a kid, I started off you know six eight years old. I was you know taking pulling my wagon around the neighborhood, collecting tin cans and newspapers and recycling them, and had other kids helping me do that. And then I started mowing lawns, and before you know it, I had a lawn uh, you know like a landscaping company and. And was doing pretty well with that, and and uh, and ended up having like twenty kids working for me at one point, and I, I had to hire a kid to to, uh, to drive me around because I wasn't old enough to have a driver's license. <laughs> and uh, then I had, um, you know, when I was uh, in high school, I started thinking about, you know, what do I really want to do with my life, and where where am I going to, you know, make great money? I don't want to go to college. I knew that. I knew I wasn't cut out for college you know, that's for smart people. Right. And, uh, <laughs> not, not guys like me. And, uh, and I thought, well, where am I going to make a ton of money and have a great life? And, and I thought, well, you know, the, the best money is always in sales. You know, if you can sell, then, you know, you can, you can make a living doing just about anything. And, uh, and then I thought, well, what about, where, where do most millionaires make their money or keep their money? And I realized that, well, real estate, you know, most, most, you know, and by back then millionaire was a big thing right now it's billionaire, I guess, but you know, they, they all make and keep their money in real estate. And so I thought, well, gosh, real estate sales makes sense. And so I, uh, when I was in, in high school, I went to summer school between my junior and senior year so that I could get all my credits early so that I wouldn't have to go to school second semester of my senior year. Cause I turned 18 in January, which it made me eligible to get a real estate license. So I did my study, got my license by March, I think is when I got my real estate license and started selling. And uh, by graduation in June, I was the top agent in my office. And, and, and before you get all excited about that, I mean, it sounds better than it is. You know, there's 125 agents in the office, but really it just meant that I was less broke than all the other agents in the office. I was still freaking broke, but <laughs> it was just not as broke. I, I had more listings and, and, and was on track to have a great year, but still... It wasn't, and when I say great year, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I envisioned real estate was, you know, you hear about all these million dollar producers and you're like, man, everybody's a millionaire in real estate. That was great. I gotta, I gotta go do that. You know, every, everybody used to hand me their business card. It seemed like they were a million dollar producer. 
And then you realize that, no, no, that actually just means they sold, you know, a couple of houses for a half million each. <laughs> Why? What? So it's funny. This is, I always love to say, this is an industry where people love to give each other awards for being broke. Yeah, <laughs> so. legit. That's a very, very, very good fact. Yeah. So the entrepreneurial cloth, obviously you were cut from that. Where did that come from? Is that uh, part of your DNA? Did your parents influence that? Like, where did that come from? You know, I think it came from lack in a lot of ways. In other words, you know, when I was a kid, I was, I played soccer and um, when I was 12. And so and, and I, I was already doing a lot of entrepreneurial stuff. Well, it's, I guess I guess you got to go back to collecting aluminum cans. I, I think it came from my parents telling me no. Right. Saying, no, we can't afford that. Or, you know, you, you can't have that. We don't have the money for that or whatever. I, I grew up modestly. I didn't my parents didn't have a lot of money. And um you know, and that, 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 that made me go out. Like I want, I remember I wanted, when I was a little kid, I wanted this hydro, this remote controlled hydroplane back in the day. Cause we lived close to a lake and I could walk down to the park and go throw this thing in the water if I had one, but my parents wouldn't buy it for me. And I didn't have a way to get money. So I, that's when I started figuring out what can I do? How can I, how can I go earn some money to go get this hydroplane? And one thing led to another. And for, then it was after the hydroplane, then it was another thing and another thing and another. And I wanted all this stuff, but had to figure out how to pay for it. And uh, by the time I was 12, I was playing soccer and my parents, they couldn't afford the cleats. So this team, this team I wanted to play for was a team that traveled all around the world. They were a 14 to 16 year old team. And they'd asked me to start as their center forward. It was a pretty big deal for a 12 year old kid. Right. And uh, oh yeah. I mean, it was, I was, I mean, it was, it would have been a really great opportunity, but my parents couldn't afford the cleats, let alone the travel and all the other expenses associated with it. And I didn't play, didn't get to. And that's when I really got serious about making some money. So yeah, I think I think from childhood, I think I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I, th- I think one of the things that's missing in society today, I think we're we've become a society of participation medal winners, and uh, you know I think at some level we've got to start saying, nope, there's actually losers out there, and uh, you can choose, you can be a winner or you can be a loser, but you, you know, the, this this middle ground, it just it, it's what what is what is. Uh, what does Ricky Bobby say? If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> we um, I want to go deeper down this 30 year yeah. history, but I'd like to talk about something real quick because I too come from lack, right? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of my drive, my ambition, my fearlessness or tenacity—these are words that like people have told me—come from that, and that's a driver. But one of the mistakes that I made is because I came from lack, I was always in survival mode right? And I, I made millions off a sale of one of my companies. And I didn't realize I had to get out of survival mode. And I had to really start thinking about thrive mode and what that looked like and make that transition. And it ended up, I ended up making a lot of bad decisions in investments, in how I spent my money, a combination of things. How have you managed that going from lack to you know, survival to thriving and building this business over the last 30 years? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I would be wrong if I said that it's always been easy. Uh, I've certainly, I've, I've had my ups and downs, right? I mean, it's, I've succeeded at most of the things I've done just if for, if for no other reason than out of sheer stubbornness, but I haven't succeeded at everything I've done. And there've been times where I've allowed my ego to get in the way of my success, uh, where I've picked the wrong battles, where I've, uh, I mean, I, I can think of one in particular where, you know, 
we did the right thing from a legal, moral, and ethical standpoint, but it was it was a bad business decision and, and it cost me hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, I'll say this, it cost me four and a half million dollars in one day and uh, likely over a hundred million dollars in, in potential income over the years. And I guess the message that I would, that I'd want to share with everybody in terms of, you know, what does it take to have long-term success and, and continued success? I think it's, I think it's one, it's, it's, habits. It's it's developing and maintaining the right daily habits uh, over a long period of time. It's that I didn't switch. Like you didn't see me go from real estate to to painting houses to, you know, building computers to, you know, like I didn't, I didn't, or, you know, from, you know, you see it in the MLM and networking marketing world a lot, you know, people go from Amway to Melaleuca to, to whatever, you know, there's NSA or whatever the different companies are out there. They just go from one, they bounce from one to the next to the next. And, and, um, and that's just never, that's just never been me. I, I, I figured out what I wanted to do. And you stayed I, in your lane. I stayed in my lane and I, I just got really, really good at what I did. Like, you know, on the real estate side as an agent, you know, I just, I got, I was, I, one of the things I figured out was I was pretty good at listing houses. And so I made the decision that, Hey, look, I'm just going to become the very, very best I could be at listing houses. And as I built my team, cause it was necessary to build the team and all that stuff as I, you know, to get to where I wanted to go, I had to, I had to have team members around me to support. And, and uh, I remember I, I got, I got stuck. I remember this, I got stuck at a plateau. I was hitting about 20, 25 listings a month um, pretty consistently, which sounds really good, but I knew that that wasn't, as good as it could get. I knew I could do a lot better than that. And I was frustrated. And what really frustrated me was there was a guy in my market who was hitting 30 to 35 listings a month occasionally. <laughs> and man, that really got under my skin. Well, yes, you got your cleats on. Uh, more or less. Game. <laughs> yeah, I did. I kind of got my game piece on. But what was interesting is for the longest time, for, you know, for, for probably a year, you know, I kept comparing myself to this, this guy and, and great guy. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday and yeah, his name was John Schlombush, a uh, great, great agent, great guy. And I, I just, I got to a point where I just realized, you know, I got to stop comparing myself to John. I got to stop worrying about John and I got to get real serious about my game and, and about what I got to do to be the very, very best I can be. Cause worrying about John's not going to help me be the best that I can be. So I just decided, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to stop thinking about John altogether. And I got really, really focused on, the little tweaks that I needed to make in my business, you know, like for example, if I'd lose a listing appointment, or if I, if, if I would say something in an appointment that didn't come out right, or that I felt like I didn't really resolve that concern well enough, or I forgot to cover a concern that they had that they might not have been sharing. Um, you know, I started changing my checklist and I dialed my checklist in further and further and further. And as I, as I did that, and as I focused on that and stopped focusing on John, I went from 25 a month to 30 to 35 a month to 40 a month to, 45 a month and then eventually to 50 listings a month and uh my best month and i i can't remember the exact number on my best month i think it was 80 or 83 but my but i was bouncing back and forth between 50 and 75 retail listings a month um, not counting reo and all that stuff and that was only possible because of one i i focused on my habits and, and i really dialed in my habits and two i focused on my systems and three, I focused on getting the right people around me and, and, and creating the right support around me so that I could just focus on that one thing, which was becoming the best I could be at listing houses. Um, and it worked and it worked really well. So can we yeah. talk about those habits? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have people those habits laugh. evolved over time or 
the habits that you started with, is that still kind of the foundational elements of how you function today? Um, yeah, I would say, uh, that there, that there, there's definitely some similarities, but it's different today. What I do in my business is very different today than what I did in my business back then, but that's you have a different business today, right? I have a different business today. And, you know, back then I had 44 team members today. I've got over 140 team members and, and growing, um, quickly. In fact, right now we've, we're, we're actually in the middle of a pretty big growth spurt right now, but I'll tell you, let's, let's start with the habits as a, as a real estate agent that really made a world of difference. Uh, and, and again, a lot of agents won't like hearing this, um, but if you want to be successful, this is, this is what I found to work best. So I had to develop what's called my perfect daily schedule. And, uh, in fact, if you, um, if you go to clubwealth.com forward slash PDS, you can, you can, there's, I've got a whole video on how I do my perfect daily schedule, um, and, and what I recommend for agents and, and it's got examples and all this kind of stuff in there, but it's, um, that perfect. Can you give us that URL again. Yeah, it's clubwealth.com forward slash PDS as in perfect daily schedule. Yeah. And it's, uh, so what it really actually starts with is going to bed on time. And and that's probably the hardest part of all of it for most people. A lot of people are night owls and a lot of people don't go to bed till 11, 12 o'clock. I can tell you that, you know, I'm in bed by eight, nine o'clock every night. That's what I do. Now, when I was selling real estate, I was working 12 days a month. So I'd work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I would do that three weeks a month and I'd take the rest of the month off. Um, now during those 12 days, I would work seven 30 in the morning till 10 30 at night. That schedule worked well for my family. Um, it's probably not going to work for most people's families, but it, it worked well for ours at the time. But what I would recommend in most agents would be different than that, but it does all start with get to bed on time. So if you can get to bed on time, get the right amount of sleep and get up early, that's really the key. So I want to make sure that I am in the office dressed and ready for the day. No later than seven 30 every morning period End of story. Got to be there at seven 30 every day. Um, now the night before I should have already planned out what I'm going to do today. I don't plan today, today. I plan today, yesterday, and that's mission critical. So from seven 30 to eight, I do my daily huddle with my team. Uh, it's a half hour powwow, basically, um, talking about, um, you know, what got done yesterday, what needs to get done today, what questions do we have for each other? You know, we do a little bit of motivation, get excited about the day and off we go. And, you know, we might give kudos to each other, that kind of thing for various things that we helped each other with or whatever, something somebody saw somebody do especially well. Uh, Then from eight o'clock till noon, here's the number one key to success. From eight o'clock till noon, no email, no voicemail, no text messages, no Facebook, no Facebook messages, no inbound interruptions whatsoever. Um, From eight o'clock till noon, I only do three things. That's lead generation lead follow-up, and lead conversion. That's it. So those three things. And it's primarily lead generation and lead follow-up. And the only piece of lead conversion we do is converting to appointment. I don't go on appointments from eight till noon. Appointments are afternoon. Uh, Emails are afternoon. Everything is afternoon, unless it's lead generation or lead follow-up. Now that doesn't necessarily mean I'm pounding FISBOs and expireds. In fact, you know, we built the number one team in the, in the real estate industry. We were doing 120 to 180 transactions a month. And, and yet I didn't make a single for sale bond or expired call my last 15 years selling real estate. So I'm not the guy that's going to tell you, you have to do those things. What I'm going to tell you though, is you got to work hard and you got to make sure that you're doing your follow-up calls. And if you don't have follow-up calls to make, then yeah, you got to do some lead generation calls. You got to, you got to create your pipeline. You got to grow your pipeline, but that's the hard part. And you got to always do the hard part first, do it early in the day, not, not late in the day. 
So, so for lead generation right. specifically, since you're so focused on that in the morning, is that calls? Are you only cold calling? Do you have a lead list that you're working? Do you have a farm area dedicated? Like how does that work for you? So lead generation is mission critical and there's lots of ways. There's over 2000 different lead sources in real estate today. Now we recommend about 100, 110, 109 of them actually to our, our coaching clients. And out of those really, it depends on where you're at in your business, what's going to be right for you. You, you don't start off with, you know, paying for the most expensive leads in the world because you'll go broke in the process. And so what do you have to do? You start with things that you can afford. If I'm doing zero to 25 transactions a year, yeah, I might be making expired FISBO cold calls, calling my sphere, those kinds of things. You know, and I might be doing a lot of the things that would be classified as chasing business as opposed to attracting business. You know, once I've got some dollars, now I can write a check to get leads. And instead of me having to do outbound calls to get leads, now I'm following up with warm leads with people that have raised their hands and said, I'm interested in buying or selling something. And so now my day consists more of follow-up calls than it does in, uh, in lead generation calls. As an example, when I was at my peak, I was doing 115 to 125 follow-up calls per day from the car in between appointments. That's what I would do. I'd, I'd leave in the morning at, at eight o'clock, you know, I'd do my huddle and then I'd leave for my appointments for the day. And I would literally, if somebody didn't show up, I'd make follow-up calls. Uh, if I had, you know, if I had, you know, time in the car driving between appointments, I'd make follow-up calls. I don't talk to my wife. I don't talk to my kids. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't do any of that stuff while I'm driving from appointment to appointment. But, you know, those are all things I can do after hours when people won't talk to me. But when I can get somebody to pick up the phone, I'm going to call them. You know, I can't get somebody to pick up the phone at five o'clock in the morning. So great. That's a great time to listen, you know, to catch up on my podcast or education, you know, talk to my wife, you know, talk to my wife and kids in the afternoon, evenings, whatever. But during the time I can get people to pick up the phone, I'm pick, I'm, I'm dialing for dollars. Um, and again, though, it's not necessarily cold calls and that sort of thing. In fact, again, the last 15 years I sold real estate, I didn't do any of those kind of calls. It was just follow-up calls. And over time, as you develop an ISA team and as you develop showing agents and, and, and you really start growing a team properly, well, guess what? You won't even have to do a lot of those things. You know, you'll have somebody else doing your follow-up calls and you'll have somebody else doing the lead generation and you'll have, you know, you'll automate a lot of that process. But that's not reality for everybody right now. You got to start. You got to get some money coming in first, right? Let's let, as Gary Keller says, let's lead with revenue. Yep. Uh, you know, let's get some money coming in and then go pay for some of those things. I love that. So, okay, we got eight to noon covered. Now, twelve p.m. on. What does that look like for you? I don't care what you do from twelve o'clock on. Now, I will say this: we've got some examples in in that blog post with the video and the and and all that that. Um, that will give you an idea of what the rest of the day looks like, but understand that the rest of the day isn't what matters. You know, obviously you've got to go on appointments, right? The key is when we're making all those calls, when we're talking to people, the one thing we have to do is schedule appointments. Right. It That's doesn't matter how many people, absolutely. It doesn't matter how many people we call. It doesn't matter how many conversations we had. It doesn't matter what our intentions were. It doesn't matter how long we called. What matters is how many appointments did I set today? And I'll tell you, for, for example, my listing agents on my team. So when I when I built my team, we had anywhere from 16 to 25 agents in any given time. I had usually four or five listing agents. My listing agents were required to set three appointments per day, every single day. 
Uh, I don't care how they got the appointments, get your three appointments a day. And then likewise, they were required to list a minimum of 10 houses per month. Now, the reality is they listed more than that. My average listing agent was doing about 15 houses a month. My good ones were doing anywhere from 18 to 21 listings a month. And when you're when you're scheduling three appointments a day, it's pretty easy to do that, right? I mean, that's 60 appointments a month. If out of 60 appointments a month, it, you know, of the ones that show up, and if I get, you know, let's say 40 of those show up, if I don't get... 20 of those to list with me, something's wrong. If I can't get 50% of those to list with me, something's wrong. Now it's one thing if they don't list with anybody, but if they're going to list their house, it better be with me. Um, now my good listing agents would hit, you know, I was, for example, I, I, up until about two weeks ago, I had the best close ratio of anybody I knew. I was closing at about 93%, uh, but I've got somebody right now that I know of that's closing at 95%, which is ridiculous. But most agents, if I'm a really, really solid listing agent, I should be able to close at about 75%. Uh, and I'm talking about any kind of, you know, whether it's referrals, you know, or a cold call, expired FISBO, an ad call, a sign call, a, a online, whatever, it doesn't matter. All right. So let's take a transition. You've built this successful real estate business. Where did Club Wealth come from? So Club Wealth started off as, um, as, a, as, a, as a company designed to, as, or as an arm of my real estate company. And the, des, and the design of it was to help our real estate investor clients. Cause we had, you know, a lot of people we'd started to work with that were buying, you know, rental properties and some were flipping properties, but we were, we're kind of more buy and hold kind of folks. And a lot of our clients were asking me, well, how do I invest in real estate? How do I buy rental properties? How do I manage them? What do I do? You know, all this stuff. And so we created club wealth as kind of a, as a, resource for people. And we would start, we had meetings on a regular basis, you know, and uh, people would come in and we'd talk about the market and we'd talk about buying rentals and how to manage them, all this stuff. We'd play Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game at once yeah, in a while. Was, yeah. We had all kinds of fun stuff. It was great. And, uh, and I ended up with, you know, uh, probably 80 people, you know, that would buy anywhere from one to 10 houses a year with us. Um, and that was pretty good. And, you know, I figure, well, why sell them a house every 14 years when I can sell them one to 10 houses a year? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that got really good, really fast. Um, well then later on, we started getting a lot of people, you know, as my business grew and grew and grew, we started getting a lot of people asking, well, how do we do that? How do, you know, how do we grow our business like that? You know, these different real estate agents around the country that I've been networking and masterminding with and, and uh, they said, well, you know, there's all these coaches out there, you know, you, you got the Mike Ferries and the Tom Ferries and the Brian Buffini's and all, you know, all these different coaches out there. Well, what they, what they told me was, and, 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 and I already knew this too, because I had experienced this, you know, I'd coached with a lot of these guys, you know, you've got the all prospecting all the time guy, and you've got the all referrals all the time guy, and you've got the all social media all the time guy, and the, all the print media all the time guy, and you got, and, and these guys each had like a piece of it, right? And it was cool because they were teaching people how to do their little piece, and that works, but there's a ceiling, right? There's a point at which you've got to feather in some other pieces, and you got to you got to look at it like, look, that's just one piece of the puzzle. Let's build the whole puzzle here. Let's get the whole picture dialed in. And nobody had really been teaching that. And in fact, nobody had really been practicing that at any high degree, you know, back in this, you know, keep in mind, we're in the mid to late nineties at this point, and nobody had, nobody had really been doing that stuff. And so they said, well, instead of us coaching with these guys, why don't you coach us? 
all right. (laughs) (laughs) Twist my arm. I mean, well, I mean, it wasn't, I, I, it wasn't really, I mean, here's the thing. The the fact of the matter is you never make as much money as a coach as you do selling real estate, you know, selling real estate is like having a license to print cash. I I mean, it just is um, when you do it right. And I knew that that was going to take away from my time and ability to, to focus on my real estate sales business. But I wanted to help these guys out. And, and it was sounding kind of cool at the time. And I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. And I enjoyed teaching people and helping people. So, well, we'll see how it goes. So I started coaching a bunch of, in fact, at one point in time, you know, this grew over time. All of a sudden, I found myself, I was coaching number one, number three, and number five at Keller Williams Worldwide, number one at Remax Worldwide. Uh, you know, like I had all these big agents that all of a sudden I was coaching all at the same time. And at the time, my team was the number one team in the country. And as great as that was, I didn't feel quite right about it. And I'll tell you why. I didn't feel like I was giving them what I wanted to give them, what, you know, what they deserved. And, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was able to devote enough time, effort, energy, and attention to, to the coaching I was providing for them. I mean, they all got value, didn't they? You know, and I mean, the one I took, I took one guy from, so I, I took one guy from number three at Keller Williams worldwide. He was dying to be number one. I got him up to number one. And then the next year I was coaching number 631 at Keller Williams worldwide. And he wanted to be number one. And I got him there that next year and bumped my other client down to number two. And he got pissed and quit. <laughs> so I'm like, oops. But and we're good friends to this day. But my my point is I couldn't pour myself into that business the way I wanted to because I was also selling real estate at the same time. Well, in 2011, and you know, there's a video on our website. I could, I mean, if it takes a while to explain all the stuff or circumstances around it, but long story short, I sold my real estate company in 2011. And um, and I thought I'm done with real estate. I'm I'm gonna retire. I'm just I'm just I'm good. Like I'm I'm good. And um and I took it, I was gonna take a year off. It ended up being three and a half years. Uh, you know, traveled the world with my wife and children and and really had a wonderful experience doing that, but you know, and I even flipped a couple of businesses during that time and it just wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't, it, it just wasn't what I was put on this planet to do. Well, before taking that time off, I called all my real estate coaching clients up and I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to, I'm going to retire. You know, you're welcome to call me for free advice, but I just can't charge you for coaching anymore. You know, if you need anything, just give me a call. I'll help you out. And, and I took this time off. Well, in 2014, I started getting calls from a bunch of our bigger agents that were coaching clients. And I said, look, you need to get back into this, like figure it out, get get your head back in the game. We need you to get it figured out. And after a lot of thought and prayer and discussion with my wife, you know, we really came to the conclusion that coaching was what I was put here to do. And, and it was really what we wanted for the direction for our lives. And, and um, it was a tough decision to come to, but when we, when we came to that decision, we, we, we also decided, look, if we're going to do this, it's got to be hundred percent. We got to be hundred percent focused on it. We got to really, we got to really make this happen. And uh, we got to do it differently than before. And so we rebuilt Club Wealth from the ground up. We just redesigned all of it, rebuilt it. One of the things we did was we built it on the premise that, you know, we would have additional coaches, which now we've got 88, right? We would have additional coaches, but every one of our coaches would have to sell more real estate than the people they coach. I really struggle with, you know, the agent that did 10 deals last year trying to tell me how to do 120. 
or, you know, or worse. <laughs> and so we rebuilt it and it took us and we, and we worked hard. I lost, uh, I remember the first two years that nobody believes me when I tell them this, but I literally lost $250,000 in the first two years as I grew this company. Uh, 250,000 was it a year between the two years. I can't remember if it was a year between the two years, but it was a lot of money. And I was working 24 seven, building the new business again. You know, you know, the grind, Raymond, you've been there, you yeah. built uh, 45 of these things. You, you've been there as much or more than I have. And uh, long story short, uh, it took us about two and a half years to become number one in the team and brokerage space as a coaching company. And we haven't looked back since we've been growing great guns ever since. And uh, we're bigger now than ever. And it's funny because people look at where you're at and they all think, and this goes for your real estate business too. You know, all your, your clients, they look at you and they think, Oh, real estate. That's so easy. All I gotta do is get a real estate license and sell my buddy's house and I can make 10 grand. I might as well just do that a few times a year. And <laughs> dude, it's come on. Like that's not reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, there you go. There's the, there's the story. So. I love that. So one of the things I would love to do is, I don't know, I think a lot of people may be intimidated by something like this, right? Like it's called club wealth. It's real estate centric. <laughs> you got big players in there. Mm-hmm. What can you tell somebody that's afraid to even look at this or join club wealth? Well, first of all, you should look at it. I mean, you know, our, we, well, we do one of our, so one of the things we believe in heavily is give back, right? And so every year we let any agent that wants to one time per year, we will do what's called a strategy session for them where they get to get on the phone with one of our coaches and we'll look at their business and we'll say, okay, here's where you're at. Here's where you say you want to go. Here's what you've been doing. Here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Here's what we are willing to do, what you're not willing to do. Well, based on what you said, this is what's possible. And if you want to get where you want to go, this is what you're going to have to change and what you're going to have to dial in. So we'll do that one time a year. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be a coaching client. You don't have to pay us a dime. We'll just do it. And if you're, especially for those that are newer in the business or doing, you know, you know, if I'm doing zero to 25 transactions a year or whatever, even at, let's say I'm even doing less than that. Let's say I'm just, you know, really I'm on my first five or 10 transactions. Well, great. Then start with group coaching for 97 bucks a month. I think it is. Don't quote me on the number, but I'm pretty sure that's what our group coaching is. And be in our group coaching program, start there, learn from the ground up. You know, the one-on-one coaching, I will tell you, matters and it moves the needle more than anything. It really, there's no substitute for one-on-one coaching. And that, that we're very, very passionate. I, yeah, I mean, you need that person who's been where you want to go, right? If you want to climb to the top of Mount Everest, you got to have a guide that's been there before, right? And so you got to have that person who's been where you want to go that can look at your business and knows who you are, knows your business, knows your family, knows, you know, everything about your world and can say, you know, they can call BS on you, right? They can say, hey, no, 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 no. You told me last week you were going to do this, 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 and this. You haven't done that. Let's do it together right now. You know, like, like literally you've got to have an, a very high level of accountability from someone who knows what you should be doing, not because they're reading it out of a book, but because they've done it themselves. And so they're going to, they're going to already know the roadblocks you're going to encounter and they can, they can forewarn you. They can prep you for, Hey, there's Watch a box over rock. there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So it matters. And, and one-on-one, you know, yeah, it's not cheap, but you know, one-on-one coaching with us is, uh, I don't know. I want to say it starts at six or 700 bucks a month and goes all the way up to like 4,000 bucks a month. So no, it's not cheap. Um, but I'll tell you this, we're the only company I'm aware of that gives you a hundred thousand dollar money back guarantee. 
or in your first year coaching with us, if you don't make at least an extra $100,000 or double your income, then we'll give you 100% of your money back. I've not had anybody, not once, ever ask me for their money back. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're doing the simple stuff we're telling you to do, and you don't need to work 90 hours a week to make it work, but if you're doing the simple things we're telling you to do on a habitual basis, you're going to make money. The money will follow. It's not rocket science. It's no, discipline. Formula. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Success is not magic. Success comes to those who work for it. Right. I mean, what do they say? You know, luck is where opportunity and preparedness meet. Yeah. Right. Everybody thinks you're lucky, but you're not. You worked hard to get prepared and the opportunity showed up. And so everybody thinks you're just lucky. No. That's why people say, you know, 90% of success is showing up. Yeah. You have to show up. We got to do the work. That's right. And you gotta and look, there's lots of things you can learn about how to do the work and how to do it better and more efficiently and more effectively. And those are two very different things, efficiency and effectiveness, by the way. 100%, yeah. uh, but you can you can learn those nuances. Those are very teachable or learnable, I should say. And you don't have to be the best. I mean, look at you don't have to be the best looking person in the world. I'm not, right? You don't have to be the most articulate person in the world. Clearly, I'm not. Uh, you don't have to be the greatest salesperson in the world. I'm not. Um, I'm just stubborn and I just refuse to quit. I just, I got focused and I and, and here's another thing. A lot of agents out there, they want they say, oh, well, I want to be able to work with buyers and sellers. Well, great. You go ahead and do that. But if you're really smart, think about this, which doctors make the most money? Is it the general practice doctors or the specialists? Right. It's always the specialist, right? Always. You want to get good at something, figure out, am I born to be a buyer agent or am I born to be a listing agent and focus just on that and build a team or join a team that allows you to focus just on that. And I'll give you the quick litmus test. And, and I'm not kidding. You will make way more money doing that than you will trying to be the jack of all trades. You'll end up being the master of none, right? And so here's what you got to do. I mean, and watch this. It takes 10,000 hours to become great at something. 10,000 hours. Think about that number. It's a lot of hours. That's if you're working full time, that's five years to become great at something. And if you're trying to split your focus between being a buyer agent and listing agent, well, now it's 10 years, right? You just doubled your time frame. And so if I want to get great, I'm going to figure out which one of my best at. Well, here's the litmus test Are you more of a nurturer? Someone who likes to guide people through the process, educate them, help them out, serve them at a high level, give them world-class customer experience. Or are you more of a punch them, you know, kick down the front door, punch them in the face and make them sign kind of person? What I would suggest is if you are the former, you'll be better off as a buyer agent. If you're the latter, you should probably consider being a listing agent. Um, now, that's not 100% true in all cases, but I will tell you more often than not, that's the litmus test. And it's right more often than not. And I can tell you that, you know, if I'm looking at the disc profile, most of my very successful listing agents out there tend to be fairly high D. Uh, you know, they're going to go in there. I, I can take the same seller. I can take Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They got a house to sell and they want to go buy a house. Well, when I go to sell their house for them, when I go to list their house, I walk through the front door. They want somebody that's going to take charge and own that appointment. They want a snarly pit bull with an attitude. Somebody's going to get them every dime out of that house they can as fast as they can for the most money they possibly can with the least amount of hassle of them. And he's going to be the best negotiator on the planet. That's what they're looking for. When it comes to going out and looking for houses, that's not who they want. They don't want to be slammed into a contract. They want somebody that's going to take the time to walk them through the process, to educate them, to show them the homes, to be patient with them in this process and not rush them at all. Well, those are two very different people. 
So guess what? Even when it's my client, when I've gone, gone and listed their house, I never show them houses. Dude, they would hate me as a list, as a showing agent. <laughs> they would hate me. I'd be a terrible buyer agent. <laughs> yeah. So know what you don't know and know what you know, right? That's right. Right. That's right. Own that. what you're best at and stop trying to be the best at everything because you're not going to be. I love that. Uh, Michael, I want to be sensitive to your time. You are a busy dude and you have a lot going on to manage. Two last things. One, for anybody listening, if you can just pay it forward and give them one golden nugget um, above and beyond what we've covered, what would that be? I'll, I'll give a nugget. Uh, okay, just one. There's so many I want to share. Okay, so I'll you give can you share I'll give you two or three. I just want to be sensitive to your time. Okay, I'll go I'll, for another hour if you want. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll make it succinct. I'll be one for the buyer agents first. Okay. When you're talking to a lead and you get, you get a lead on the phone, right? You know, there's, there's a group of people out there that are better closers than real estate agents. You know who they are? They're really good at, well, it's really, what's really interesting is this group of people, their product can get them thrown in jail and it kills their clients. You guess what I'm talking about now? I got a good idea, but make it clear. Drug dealers. Yeah. Right. Why are drug dealers better at closing people? Why are they better at lead conversion than real estate agents? Because they understand the golden rule. Write this down. Everybody should write this down. First one's free, then you got to pay. <laughs> Think about that. First yep. one's free, then you got to pay. Listen, you got to give them a taste of your product. And what's your product? It ain't houses. I got news for you. You are the product. You have to give people the opportunity to experience you, to taste you, to witness you in person, to, to become in, in rapport with you. That happens face-to-face, not just over the phone. So you've got to schedule that first appointment. First one's free, then you got to pay. The problem with most agents is they want to get them pre-approved or pre-qualified or whatever. Stop it. Okay, that's sales prevention 101. Listen, after you set the appointment, I'm going to give you a script. Write this script down for all you buyer agents out there. You want to get everybody that you talk to to want to talk to your lender? Here's the script. Super easy. If they could save you ten dollars to $20,000 on your mortgage, if they could save you ten dollars to $20,000 on your mortgage, would you be interested in chatting with one of our lenders? I'll give it to you again. If they could save you ten dollars to $20,000 on your mortgage, would you be interested in chatting with one of our lenders? Listen, when you share that script with them, nobody says no. Only a moron says, no, I don't like money. I mean, really? Who's going to say no to that? Everybody says yes to that. I love that. But you're not allowed to say that until you've set the appointment. What's that? Golden script. I love that. Oh, absolutely. It's it's absolute gold works every time. All right. So then for listing agents, I'm going to give my listing agents out there a little tip. So when you go on an appointment, you have to induce what's called a yes state. So you got to get them to say yes, seven to 10 times, really seven to 12 times, ideally on every appointment. Uh, and if I can do that, then they're in the groove, they're in agreement in an, in an agreement pattern with me, right? Now I get to the end of my appointment. I'm actually going to get them to say no, but I'm going to do it in a very special way, but I want to get them to paperwork, right? I want to ask them to sign the paperwork. So I've gone through my whole presentation. I'm sitting in front of the seller. Now look at me in the eyes. This is very important because I'm going to put the power of neuroscience to work for you. We're going to tap into their subconscious mind and compel them at a subconscious level to agree with us and do exactly what we want them to do. So at the end of my appointment, after I've, t- after I've given them everything I got, and now I'm ready to get signatures, I'll say, Raymond, are there any other questions before we get started on the paperwork? No. 
See how hard that is to say yes? You were trying to fight it. You're even trying not to shake your head. I can see it because you knew what I was doing. You were trying not to shake your head back and forth. What you will find is most people, if I teach this to an audience of people, most of the people in the audience are doing this with their head at the same time, right? It's just, it's, it's compelling. It's, it's, it, again, it's, it's neuroscience. I don't understand. Closure. It is. It just, it just works. Closure. I love it. That's and, incredible. And that's what they'll say. They'll say, nope. And you say, fantastic. And then you go right into your paperwork. I love it. All right. Last thing. Where can people find you? And I know you have a special gift to send people. I do. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, uh, check out our Facebook group. Go to uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash club wealth. Uh, so it's the club wealth real estate agent mastermind group, but you can just search for club wealth, right? Then I would suggest for those of you that want more leads and most agents think, you know, I need more leads and better leads. Well, great. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to give you 17 of my best lead sources. I've got about 109 that we recommend. Uh, I'll give you 17 of our best ones. And all you got to do is grab your phone right now and send a text message. Uh, I'm going to give you the number to text. So just open up your text app and you're going to text the number 727-287-5993. I'll give it to you again, 727-287-5993. Text the words Club Wealth to that number. Just text Club Wealth to that number, two words. Club Space Wealth to 727-287-5993. Uh, and I will send you 17 of our very best lead sources. And what you're going to find is that I actually like to under-promise and over-deliver. So if you do it <laughs> right now, I'll actually give you 31 of our best lead sources if you do it right now. If you wait until after this call is over, I'll still give you the 17. But if you do it right now, I'll give you 31. So. I love that. What's that number again? 727-287-5993. Love it. Yeah. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very, very much for your time. You've been a unbelievable guest and uh, I appreciate you, you sharing with us, man. 30 years of wisdom from this dude. Well, I appreciate that a lot, Raymond. Thank you very, very much for having me. It's impressive what you built and dude, the stuff that you've accomplished in your life is in, insane. It's just, it's crazy. So oh, I appreciate what, what an honor to even be on the show. So thank you very, very much. Stubborn like you. That's what it takes. <laughs> I, mean, if, I, I tell you what, if, if people only get one thing out of this call, that's it. You know what? I got it. Can I share one last thing? Yeah, of course. You know, the most important thing that I can ever share with anybody that I ever get a chance to talk with. Tell me. This I want to hear this. Write this down. Everybody grab a pen and write this down. It's our core value at Club Wealth. And that is no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. I love that. Something to think about. Anyway, thanks for having me on, Raymond. Yeah, it's a good time. I appreciate you. Thank you. You bet. Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you on the next one.